You're listening to The Dollop. This is a bi-weekly American history podcast each week. I, Dave Anthony, shirtwear, Shirtwear. lover of poor pie, a magic man, (laughs) reads a story from American history to my friend. Gareth Reynolds, who has no idea what the topic is going to be about. Is that a quarter behind your ear? What? Magic man. Okay. Good lord. What a nightmare. God, you want to look at a dude? I'll do one bottle. People say this is funny? Not Gary Guerra. Dave, okay. Someone or something is tickling people. Is it for fun? And this is not going to become the Tickling Podcast. Okay. You are Queen Fakie of Made Up Town. All hail Queen Shit of Liesville. A bunch of religious virgins go to mingle and do what? Pray. Hi, Gary. No. Nicely done, my friend. No. No. <laughs> 1820. Okay. Ish. Sure. Maybe our first ish. Araminta Minty Ross. Her what? nickname's Minty. What? Her name, that's what they call her, Minty. Aramonte A- Minty Ara- Ross? Aram- Araminta. Araminta Minty Ross. Well, they call her Minty, so that's Minty. Minty. the nickname in there. Okay. So Araminta Ross. Are we going to be Minty. calling her Minty? We're going to call her Minty. Okay. Uh, she was born on a plantation outside of Tobacco Stick. A spearmint plantation. Which is... <laughs> Now, those were the best because it was so fresh, the spearmint plantations. Oh. oh, this is where we make a big red also, sir. That's cinnamon. That's a cinnamon gum. Uh-huh. It's not a... We got many gum trees. Welcome to the Wrigley Fields. Are you? I mean... Double your pleasure, double your fun. Now I'm just dreaming of of gum growing out of the ground. Look at the bubblicious bush. Could you imagine the poaching? It's, it's, I'm now turning into a just, Wonka you're just, field. You're just driving past, and you're like, Daddy, is that a great bubblicious field? You're oh, there, yes, buddy. darling. Come on, kids. All right, Violet. And then they come out and shoot you because the, you're poaching their gum. Yeah, and Augustus Gloop is caught in something. I'm still sticking with Wonka. I think we're on different paths. Go ahead. Uh, tobacco Stick is now <laughs> Madison, Maryland. Tobacco stick? That's what it was called back then, tobacco stick. Okay. Because probably there was tobacco around, I would imagine. and it was sticky. Her parents, Harriet, also known as Ritt, that's her nickname. Everyone has that nickname? Green, and Ben Ross, no nickname. Benny. No, he didn't have a nickname. Benji. There's no nickname. Benny Moon. Ben Ross. Benny. Rossi. Uh, They were both slaves. Okay. How's your fun time? Not fun. Uh, so that made Minty a slave because you, if you, if you were born to slaves, they weren't like, but you're free, right? Like you're also a slave. No, that's cool. That's cool. You get a shot. Although that would be cool if it was like a, like a Russian roulette situation where it just all of a sudden one kid they're like, you're free, and then that kid's like, well, I don't I know, mean, mom it's cool and dad, in the sense that off. you've set expectations so low that uh, a freedom very, lottery is very super is the low. carrot on the stick. So she was a, a middle child out of like nine or ten, eleven kids. We're not sure. Sure. A couple of them uh, got sold downriver. Sure. Ritt and Ben were owned by different people. Okay. But they were married. Um, the people had been married, and then they were not married, so they they split up their slaves, which is super, which is a weird. Sorry, the people divorce court situation. Wait, they would they would so... the people were married, and and now they're not married, so they each they split up the slaves. 
So so oh so you ben mean the white Ritt, the white owners the were married white right owners. okay and gotcha, then they gotcha. split and then Ben and Ritt also got split up oh that's cool. well they are I mean they are possessions so that's cool that's a cool way to handle it yeah that's something I never in a million years would have thought of oh yeah the I I mean honestly the I like. Guess what? You don't live here anymore, but I'm married to... Uh, well, I know. Well, let me tell you a little something about marriage. Doesn't work out great for all of us. You're coming with me, Minty. <laughs> so Minty did not get an education. Uh, two of her older sisters, like I said, sold down the river, and that's the last she saw them. Minty helped care for her younger siblings while her mom worked in the main house, which was most of the time. So mom is mostly in the house, and she's taking care of little kids, even though she's a little kid. Right. Okay. It's a cool setup. That's cool. Yeah. Cool setup. No, it's nice to have a shot at life. Uh, so uh, when she was six, uh, she was rented out to the Cook family. Okay. So they're like, uh, I guess they... you could rent out slaves. Like you'd be like, oh, you want this one? Well, you for... know, Dave, the more I hear of this slavery, the more it seems really fucked up. <laughs> yeah, it's not great. Yeah. No, there seems to be a lot of problems. She was uh, supposed to help Mrs. Cook with weaving, but Minty was not good at weaving. Now, I'm guessing a big part of that is because she's six. Yeah, well, she's well. I'll tell you what. There's no excuses when it comes to weaving. She doesn't understand direction either. Hey, little kids, their, their little fingers don't work that well yet. And that's a thing that takes a lot of dexterity. I mean, she's six. Yeah, she's a child. I mean, she's six. She's a little child. Imagine at six trying to get you to do something. Well, Come imagine, on, look at this factory. Imagine at six. Be, uh, you know, imagine being like, hey, can I uh, own that six-year-old to do my weaving? Yeah. What is wrong? I know. With you? I, well, I mean, it's, uh, you have to be like, is this wrong? <laughs> at some point. At some Should point, I not like, be doing this to a human child? Am I horrible? I feel horrible. But no. God, is she terrible at weaving with oh! those little digits. Oh, her little six-year-old hands. So instead, Miss uh, Mr. Cook used her, Minty, to oh. walk the muskat, muskrat trap lines in what? streams in the swamps. Wait, what? Well, she can't weave. Let's make her an IED. How about she finds the <laughs> an IED? How about she goes out and finds the muskrats so in the traps? So she, she, what does uh, that mean exactly? Well, it means, it means the craziest demotion I've ever heard of. So. <laughs> And she's sick. So she went from from being in the house trying to weave to all of a sudden she's walking through swamps to find. I assume the muskrats were for some sort of purpose like fur or right. whatever else. So, she, so now she, she's she, just going through trying to find dead muskrats to bring and back. traps. Yeah, right. It's hard to. <laughs> I mean that that's when your catchphrase becomes "I'll learn to weave." I'll learn to weave. <laughs> She got measles and bronchitis. So things are good. Yeah. And then and then when she got measles and bronchitis, they returned her. They were like, well, this one's not working. She's broke. This one doesn't work at She's all. She's broken. Uh, her cough keeps alerting the muskrats. Her, <laughs> her mom nursed her back to help for six weeks. Okay. And then she was returned to the cooks. Good news. We fixed her. We, we got a new model. The, how are your muskrats? <laughs> yeah. But that didn't change the fact that she sucked at weaving. And Mrs. Cook said Minty was hopelessly stupid and returned her to her original plantation. I think it's because she's six. Yeah, six-year-olds are not smart. She's six. They're not smart. So, but she can't operate anything. When Minty was seven, oh she was hired God. out to Miss Susan as a nursemaid. Okay. Who wouldn't want a seven-year-old nursemaid? Yeah. That's got to make you feel weird if you're the patient, too. She was supposed to- I'm your doctor. Huh? I'm your doctor. Huh? I'm seven. 
Hi. 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 Hey. I'm gonna need to get that kidney out. No. Yeah. No. Look at my little hands. They can't even weave. No, they can't weave. That kidney's coming out. No. Yep. I'm gonna return you. <coughs> Why? <laughs> so she's supposed to clean all day and then stay awake at night, Ugh. sitting next to the bed. So sleep is not on the schedule for Mindy? Right. She cleans all day, and then at night, she sits next to the bed of Miss Susan rocking the baby cradle, and so she's not supposed to sleep at all. So there's a there's a problem with this idea. You it's can that see she it. doesn't get sleep. Right. Sleep is what humans need. Right. So she's not getting sleep. At all. Um, if the baby cried and woke Miss Susan, oh God, she would grab her whip and whip Minty on the back of the neck. Oh my God, because she's super reasonable. Like she's a cool lady that way. So Minty ends up being scarred for the rest of her life due to the whippings. Because sure enough, she would fall asleep because she was working all day. And she's seven. And she's seven. It's nighttime. She's tired. She's probably sitting in the dark, rocking this thing, and she's like, "Oh, I'm snoozing." And then the baby starts crying, and she gets hit. Oh, it's a good God. setup. That's People brutal. were great. So uh, Minty uh, stole a sugar cube and ran away. She went low. Yeah, I would have gone yeah, higher. Yeah. I would have gone higher on that one. Mm -hmm. A few sugar cubes at least. Yeah, like nine. One. Oh boy, I'm terrible. But uh, she quickly realized she had nowhere to go. She hid in a pig pen for days and I've done that. fought with pigs for food scraps. Oh my god. Seven's a weird age. It's a transitional period. You're oh. you're coming out of six and and muskrat traps, and then and then you're like, oh, oh, I remember when I was six and I couldn't weave. Now I live with the pigs and fight for apple cores. <laughs> Things uh, are working out good for old Minty. So starving, she finally went back to Miss Susan's house where she was whipped again. Ugh. That was inevitable. Once again, Minty was returned to uh, the original plantation, and. Uh, now she was wounded, thin, and hungry, and her mom nursed her back to health again. So she just keeps coming back every six months dying. Yeah. Cool. Oh, it's good to see Minty again. Minty was then punished by being assigned to outdoor work. It was supposed to be worse than working in the house, but Minty actually preferred to be outside. She worked barefoot and had calloused feet. Okay. So it's a good story so far. No, it's good. We're starting. It's fun. It's fun. It's fun. When Minty was 13, uh, a slave was found off the property by an overseer. Uh, and they're, the overseers are uh, just, traditionally it, understanding people. It doesn't even matter. Like, overseer is just a bad. Yeah. There, I don't think there's ever been a good overseer. No. It's not a term. That you're like, oh, good, the overseer's here. No. Uh, so the overseer ordered Minty to help tie up the slave for a whipping. <sighs> Instead, she got between the slave and the overseer and gave the slave a chance to run out the door. Oh, boy. So he he goes for it. Okay. And he starts running, and then the overseer picked up a two-pound lead weight. Oh, God. And threw it at him and hit Minty in the head instead. Oh, my God. Well, there's... Uh, there's uh, <laughs> I mean, aim's a complaint I have now. Right. It's also it's a two-pound weight, so it's heavy, so it's hard to throw. Yeah, but she's 13. She got in the way. Did the guy get away? Uh, no, I don't believe he did. Okay, good. She so everybody was, uh, she was in a coma for days. Oh, Jesus. And would have uh, mental problems for the rest of her life. She suffered from permanent damage. Uh, she had what uh, she called sleeping fits. 
So she looked like she was in some kind of stupor, uh, and she was completely aware was what was going on around her. But she's just like out. Okay. But she's totally aware of what's happening. She just can't function at all. Wow. So she's just like there. It's like a seizure of some kind, but. So she's just kind of comatose a little bit. Right. Constantly. No, no, no. It Every fits. once in a while, okay. it's just like a. Thing. She just would get like a blank look on her face, and people. Would and know then she'd wake ahead. up and go back to normal. Okay. Well, yeah. Uh, the entire time she was recovering, her owner was trying to sell her, right? Because okay. he's like, well, this one got hit by a right. thing. Uh, somehow. Somehow she... This I one... would uh, hate to uh, try to hypothetically figure out what had happened, but uh, something tells me uh, she, this one's on Minty. This has nothing to do with anyone but Minty. She she ran into a, 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 a two-pound weight that was flying through we the air. We had a weight hanging from the ceiling by rope, and Swinging. stupid Minty ran into it with dumb, a dumb little head. Dumb, I can't. Anyway, now she's weave. sleeping awake, and we got to... I, mean, I mean, what I'm trying to say is you want to get this She stands now. in the corner with weird Fine staring love. eyes. She's got the weird staring eyes. That's our Minty. So, uh, Minty prayed that things would change, but that didn't happen. So this is, this is, uh, then I heard, see, I, I should have, some of this I redid, but they, the original, this is, I just took this from the book. And so it's, it's got in her speak, which right. I can't read because yes, that's just tough to not sound ra- awful. Racist. Yes. <laughs> then I heard that as soon as I was able to move, I was to be sent with my brothers in the chain gang to the far south, which is bad. Yes. Then I changed my prayer and I said, Lord, if you ain't never going to change that man's heart, kill him. She went from praying that he would change his ways to just yeah. go on but straight you understand. to. I mean, you completely no, she's doing the right. That. She's doing the right thing. Yeah. Here. I'm totally on her side. Yeah. Kill him, Lord, and take him out of the way so he won't do more mischief. Next thing I heard, old master was dead. Wow. And he died just as he had lived, a wicked bad man. Oh, then it appeared like I would give the world full of silver and gold if I had it to bring that poor soul back. I would give myself. I would give everything. But he was gone. I couldn't pray for him no more. So she feels guilt. Well... She feels she like she feels willed it. guilt, but she also feels like she caused his death yeah. by praying, and it caused her to become more spiritual. She's okay. like, "Well, I got some, like, I because got, she thinks she has power." Well, she's like, "I'm connected, right? Like, I got some fucking shit going on." I'm minty. I'm minty. Minty's bringing it. Yeah, don't fuck with minty. I would never. More about her praying. Uh, I prayed all the time. Uh, about my work everywhere. I was always talking to the Lord. When I went to the ho- uh, horse trough to wash my face oh, God. and took up in the water in my hands, I said, oh, Lord, wash me, make me clean. When I took up the broom and began to sweep, I groaned, oh, Lord, whatsoever sin there be in my heart, sweep it out, Lord, clear and clean. But I can't pray no more for poor old master. What, what is she saying? <laughs> She's saying she, now she, wherever she goes, she prays, but she can't pray for Master because she killed him. Okay. That, that, that's so she's late. just carrying around guilt for killing the Master. She's just praying everywhere she goes now. She's right. super religious. For everything. Yeah, she's doubling down. Okay. But you do get that. I think there, you know, like, if you are, if you do live in such awful conditions, you could go one of two ways, you, you know, and it seems like 
religion gives people hope in a way, and yeah. prayer is something that gets people through shit like that. I Yo, think when slavery, you're, yeah, yeah, and I think when you, you know, when you don't have struggle as much, it's easier to just be like, there's nothing. <laughs> if, you're, if you've been working since you're six years old and got yeah. a two pound iron weight thrown at your head, you're like, please God, well, hear my calls. What? I mean, she got in the way. She did not get in the way. The plantation owner's son was too young to run their plantation. So a doctor. So a six-year-old can perform surgery almost with a nurse, and yet they're like, "Oh, he's too little to run it." Ah, he's only. He's only. What is this a Disney movie? (laughs) So a doctor Thompson became the manager of the plantation, and he hired out Minty and her dad Ben to a lumber merchant. Okay, good. It's time to get Mindy lifting the wood. I'd say she's got to get deep into some woodwork. She's fourteen almost. The lumber merchant let her hire herself out in her extra time and keep part of the earnings. So, so she is not... a slave for some of the time, most of the time. And then she's working on the side. But then on her down hours, she is allowed to hire herself out for a cut of the profit that she makes. Uh, yeah, but I didn't know you could do that as a slave. I didn't know you could in get In a world of total unfairness, it seems like a wrinkle of hope in a way, but still tough to. Because if you're a slave yeah. and you can make money... You then maybe at some point you can buy, buy your, your freedom. freedom. Right. No, there is something to that. Uh, with this money, she was able to buy a team of oxen. A team of oxen. So it went the other way. Went not, is went, that a football franchise? It did not go the way you were thinking. No. No, she, she got she got. So she just uh, bought a ton of ox. A team. A team of oxen. Not a ton. A team of ox. You, How many they, are on they a team? They don't sell. What's the starting squad? I don't know, but they don't sell them by the ton. 11? It's probably four or two. Four. I bet it's two. All right. Um, That's quite a team. So her jobs were then cutting wood and dragging loaded canal boats. <laughs> like How old a, is she? Like a draft animal, so I think she would also. When working in the woods with her she, it's dad. Like she's breaking Guinness Book of World Records records. Well, she's not. Fu- she's a, a fucking serious business. She's dragging boats. Yeah, she's, she's, uh, she's a badass. Quite aquatic. Uh, when working in the woods with her f- uh, father, he taught her how to navigate and find food. So now he's taught her how to like right. sort of get Sustain by. Sustain a living. Get by. Yeah. Her father was manumitted in his owner's will. Go ahead. That means he should have been released from slavery. So if you're manumitted in the will, it means that when you're given plan- your freedom. Like When the, the owner, owner dies, dies, then you are granted freedom. You're free right. to go. Okay. Uh, but he wasn't because oh. no one told him. What? Well, the person who, the, so the lawyer, it's a white guy reading it to the white guy owner, and they're like, so that slave's free, and they're like, we don't have to tell him. Well, he doesn't need to know he that. <laughs> Let him suss it out on his own. I'll be honest, slavery is a big part of what we do here. It's kind of key to the labor. Mm-hmm. If, if, if we give him his freedom, then we'd have to pay him, Correct. That's right. So let's not let's not do that part. I think we're doing good stuff here. Are you going to read the will to him? Absolutely not. Well, then we're fine. And we don't have to white. change it. God, if, are we white? If he asks, <laughs> if he comes up and says, uh, well, "Let's run through that scenario." Am I'll tell I you. free? Uh, you know what I say? What's that? Yes. Wait. Rehearse again. Sorry. A- am I free? Absolutely. It was in the will. There you go. No. Wait. Damn it. Am I free? Yes. Damn it. <laughs> Well, you can't lie. You're wonderful. I'm just, I'm just too good. You're a wonderful Phil. I'm too good. Um, so he's not releasing. He didn't find out until 10 years later when he was now, fi- 55 years attitude old. what is attitude where they hear they've been free for 10 years? Well, I would imagine. Chill or not? 
I would imagine it's much like when you see a guy who's been wrongly convicted in prison and he's been in prison for 20 years and he gets out and he's like, I thought I was going to be in prison forever. Yeah. So I, th- I think that on one hand you'd be mad, but on the other hand you're, you're probably free. like, fuck, that's over. Right? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, again, we're talking about these glasses can't be half full. It's really so. not. It's really not something as a, as a white guy from Marin, who went to UC Santa Barbara, that I can really put myself in the shoes of. Oh, I don't think that's fair. <laughs> I don't think that's fair at all, Dave. Well, I mean, surely you went through some trials. Um, what about when you couldn't get good coffee? That's similar. I got a D. <laughs> well, I was, and I sir, you've been through enough. Thank you. Good Lord. Uh, after he was freed, he continued to work as a timber inspe- inspector. So he just. Oh, did- this is wood. He. Be- <laughs> this one here is wood, too. As a matter of fact, all these are wood. <laughs> uh, he, uh, so he did the same job he did, but now he's just getting paid for it. Okay. Uh, he was also the superintendent of uh, cutting and hauling of timber for the I'm Baltimore the shipyards. I'm the superintendent of cutting. For the Baltimore shipyards. So he's like, I'm in charge of the cutting and moving of That's the wood. That's pretty good, though, right? Yeah, it's yeah. not bad. Uh, this whole thing may have been what led Minty to suspect that her mother might also be a free woman. Okay. So she finds out her dad should have been freed. And right. she's like, well, oh, maybe. Because of, okay. So she pays an investigator $5. Okay, which back then was a million. To investigate, and sure enough, it turned out that her mother- Also free. Rit was manumitted uh, in the will of a previous owner, and she should have been freed years before when she was 45. God. 45. But no one had told Rit, and nothing came of it. Like even after they knew, they she were can. they were like, no, right. Well, I what are you gonna what are, what are you gonna do? Nothing. Nah. Yeah, you go. Oh, okay. Um, what a good system we have set up. But eventually, her husband bought her freedom. Okay. Which he shouldn't have had to do. No. He should get a refund or yes. whatever you call it. Yeah. Well, that, I, I I welcome that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Something tells me you quit while you're ahead. I love that they the keep fucking slaves, and then when the slaves are made free, they're like, no. No, but it's just because, it, like, again, I mean, what was it? Nothing was really enforced like no, that. It's, the, the, it's, it, thank God everything's changed. Yeah, well. <laughs> In 1884, when she was 24, Minty married a free-colored man named John Tubman. Okay. Uh, this was pretty late for marriage, particularly for a slave, which may have been due to the head wound condition she had, which caused sure, her to have sleeping bad. fits. That's too bad. Yeah. Uh, not much is known about uh, John but he, does, he didn't sound very great. Apparently marriage between, so he, he's free, right? So yeah. apparently marriage between slaves and free blacks was pretty common, and about half of blacks were free in Maryland at this time. God, that's so weird. So he's married to a slave, and he's like, all right, I'm gonna go to work, what are you gonna do? Whatever they tell me, have a good day. <laughs> hey, uh, what do you say we get away? I can't. And go no, I can't, I'm a slave. to Long Island. I would love to. Uh, and no, hit the I would beach love to. I would for love like to. a week. Stop talking about things that aren't near me. Why don't? Why don't? Why don't just go with me? I can't. Why? Oh God! You're so stubborn. I have to go. Okay. But that is so strange. It had to have been a super weird relationship. Then. Yeah. It, like you, you, you genuinely. If you're, I mean, it's almost like if you, you know, if you date someone, and. Uh, you know, they don't have a lot going on, and you're doing cool stuff. When you come back, you downplay it a little. 
How was Miami? It was, you know, it was fun. I'm not into Miami. I really am not. You know, it's like the clubs. You stay out all night. You have fun. But uh, honestly, you know what? Working and making money look, is like look, not at all what it's cracked up to once be. Once you've taken Molly at the Clevelander once, you've done it a right, hundred times. Right, it's just true. not even it's not anything. It's not a big anyway, deal. Anyway, how was jail? How's jail been? How's the slop? That's totally what it... Yeah. Uh, so around this time, Minty changed her first name to Harriet and took her husband's Get last out name. out of here. You bastard. Harriet Tubman. You bastard. <laughs> the origin story? <laughs> when Harriet was 29, she heard a rumor that she and two of her brothers would be sold this off crazy. to pay debts. Okay. So the three siblings ran for it on September 17th, 1849. But before they got very far, her brothers got scared and forced her to go back with them. Okay. So they all run away, and then her brother's like, we can't do this, let's go back. And then they make her come back. So she waits a few days, and then she runs away again. Okay. And the brothers stay back? Yeah. Okay. Harriet, quote, for I had reasoned this out of my mind. There was one of two things I had a right to, liberty or death. If I could not have one, I would have the other, for no man should take me alive. I should fight for my liberty as long as my strength lasted, and when the time came for me to go, the Lord would let them take me. Okay. It's a solid headspace totally for bravery. Totally reasonable. So it was dangerous to tell her family she was leaving, but as she left, she sang spirituals as she passed their cabins, which was a coded message, apparently. Okay. Although some people dispute that. Okay. When she went, she went 90 miles... Jesus. To Philadelphia, which probably took a couple of weeks on foot. That is just so... In- I mean, honestly, if I have to walk to get laundry... No, you, you... Like, she's a slave walking 90 miles, which I assume she didn't walk on roads. Yeah. Right? So she's just walking through fucking nightmarish shrubbery that back then exists. Oh, that sounds fun. And And then... And so it takes her a couple of weeks. But if you like had to walk on a road for 90 miles, you would stop after like 15 and start crying and just yeah. lay there. No, absolutely. Because you're weak. Are you, are you talking about one or me? Because it's you're looking at me. you're weak. One is. Let's get back in. Let's just jump back in. It feels like. Uh, so she traveled at night. And the first night she stayed with a white Quaker woman who gave her supplies and instructions for safe houses. Okay. Quakers are super great. At this time, yeah, totally and the, against slavery. And the oats, oats. They made great oats. God, the best. I, I'll only eat their oats. Yeah. Period. No, I hear you. Thank you. The first abolitionist society in the U.S. was formed in 1775 in Philadelphia. The name was Ugh. the General Vigilance Committee of the Pennsylvania Society for Promoting the Abolition of Slavery, the Relief of Free Negroes Unlawfully Held in Bondage. And for improving the condition of the African race, the Avalana Canabata. So, so that's a, they went, they went whole. Why whole, did they the change thing. it though? I don't know. It's such a catchy name. It's easy to remember. Hey, I would like a sign made. Uh huh. Did you make a sign for Absolutely. me? Absolutely. Okay. We charge by the letter. Oh, uh, by the letter. Yeah, that's right. We charge by the letter. Love to make signs, and we charge by the letter. Okay. Uh, we have three dollars. Okay, well that'll get you five letters. Okay, can you put uh, Negroes unlawfully held in bondage? 
I think you're going to want to reconsider which one oh, you're picking. Oh, shit. That, so, I took that right out of the middle. Yeah. Improving the condition of the African race. Yeah, but wh- how? How are you oh, doing it? Oh, that's six. Improving the condition of the African. How about abolitionists? Oh, shit. That's a word that's on here. Yes. Promoting the abolition of slavery. You're not listening well. <laughs> But uh, so the time by the time Harriet arrived, there were actually a few abolitionist groups working in Philadelphia. That's where a lot of Quakers are. Okay, uh, she got involved with other abolitionists and became a leader of the Philadelphia anti-slavery movement. Okay, so a lot a lot of slaves who were freed would go to Philadelphia, and so they're also starting these movements. Right. Harriet got a job as a cook, domestic worker, and earned enough money to start heading back to Maryland to free her relatives. Okay, so she's working as a cook, saving money, going back to Maryland and freeing people, mm-hmm. freeing her relatives, buying their freedom. Yeah. Okay. On her first trip in 1851, she let out her sister Mary and uh, Mary's two children. A couple of months later, she went and got her brother and two other men. On a third trip, she went to get her husband and bring him north, but she discovered he had remarried and didn't want to go anywhere. Men. Since a marriage between a slave and a free man wasn't legally binding, it didn't matter that he had gotten remarried. These laws are so He's like, well, bizarre. You know, what would you want me to not fuck? I mean, what the, I, I can't even That's that's that was actually the Is that name. a quote? He wrote a he wrote his own autobiography later and it was called Did you want me to not fuck? And he's just on his side like on his hand. <laughs> legs crossed. Yeah. <laughs> uh so uh yeah, so he was like, I don't care. And then, so she just brought back slaves instead of him. She's like, well, then how about I take people No, I love who, you. I love you. Who care? But he's free, so he's like, I don't give a shit. Okay, right. Uh, on her runs, she would go on Saturday nights because posters and newspaper ads weren't published on Until Sunday. Sunday. Right. On Monday. On so Monday. Monday, they'd take off. So right. she'd go on a Saturday night, take them, and then no Monday, they'd report you far until, away. Yeah. Right. She traveled at night and in winter because the nights were longer then. Okay. Good. Uh, Freezing. Yeah, freezing. Fun. But you know, you're you got to move at night. You well, I mean, she's technically a terminator, so there's no real she's a laws. Uh, safe houses had secret knocks. Okay. They, like that. Okay, and then someone would be and like, someone would open. Yeah. They did knock back, and then you'd knock back. What if you just were a guy who had a yeah, like? I'll go to a door if I knock a door. I'll give a funky little knock. I don't think they took funky knocks. Oh, okay. Woo. No. Okay. Uh, on the railroad, they would sing songs and change the tempo to indicate safety or danger. Okay. Wow. Yeah. That's. If traveling with, she would, she would leave them to go get food and then she would sing. And then if they, if they sang back in the right way, she'd know it was clear. Okay. Come back. On the railroad, the, uh, I did that. Uh, if traveling with young children, the kids would be drugged with an opioid to keep them from crying. Can we do that now? Yes. That, why is that not part of airplane Can that be the travel? thing that happens every time I you're about my, to get I on I give a plane? my kid heroin every time we fly. No, and I've seen you do it, and I think people will hear that, and they'll go, what? That's crazy. Dave gives him the right amount of heroin. Straight into the neck. Just yeah. a nice shot. Yeah, just a shot in the neck. Yeah. And he's out. He's, he's out, out like a baby. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, she wore men's clothing or dressed like an old woman. Okay. And she bribed people she needed to. She carried a revolver and would use it if the slaves wanted to turn back. Jesus. Yeah. So she is... <laughs> she's she's uh, like Clint Eastwood, but uh, an ex-slave who's right. freeing people. Right, right. She's a total badass. Well, she learned from her brothers, too. 
run, the runbacks? I'm worried. If they find us, they'll kill us. I'll kill you here. Keep jogging. <laughs> okay, great. Uh, she uh, couldn't let them return because if they did, they would give clues about her or the routes or, you know, whatever. She picked up the nickname Moses because she led her people to the promised land, and it was a code name, so no one would know her real name. Okay. Moses. It's a pretty lofty name to yeah. get. No, that's tough. Yeah. I mean, she's got to start carrying a staff. Yeah, and then she sees bushes on fire. And right. There's a whole lot. Yeah! She's got to come down from the mountain with the things. Harriet, there's uh, there's no way we'll get through this water. Oh. Let's take the bridge. Because she can't part it. <laughs> Someone the other day was like, I was listening to the podcast, and I thought you—I thought something had gone wrong with my my, yeah. my podcast player. Well, whenever those moments happen, it's just Dave staring at me angrily, <laughs> and I'm hoping he'll end it, but he enjoys milking it. Um, so, uh, so right, she's dressing uh, like a she's dressing know, like she's a named Moses um, Sherpa with a revolver. Uh, they they may have also given her that. That nickname, so Southerners thought that she was a he, like to just completely throw him off That's the path smart, of what right. she's doing. And it also shows you the uh, intellect of the white man as well. Yeah. Well, the name's Moses. We're looking for a man. We're looking for a fella with a beard. Big old white fella. Yeah, for Walking sure. Walking around in robes. For sure. Got a couple of tablets. Keep an eye out for the commandments. Can part water and all that. That's the fella we're talking about. Yep. Okay. Yeah, like flip-flops. What do you think? It's got to be... Uh, well, when you come down from the hill with Ten Commandments, is there anyone who's like, bullshit? Oh, yeah. Mean. There's a few people There's got to like, be a me. There's got to be Moses. Me. How's there not a me in the crowd? Yeah, a Dave, yeah. Not a guy going, really? That's right. I've come down from the hill. I talked to God. He has ten things he wants me to tell you. The rules. Really? Yes, really, Mr. Anthony, really. He wanted you to... I just talked to him up on the hill. Why didn't you just why didn't you just come down and say it instead? Because of... when you have God on the phone, you don't go, "Oh, hey, hold on, let me go get everyone." Oh, but you do say, "Hold on, let me tip tip." He tip asked away. me, he asked tip me to put them in, he asked me to put them in the tablets, why? asshole. Look, Dave, if you got a problem with it, get out of here. Some why? of us are trying to get in touch with why God. Why are they in the tablets? Because that's how we remember them. What does that even mean? There's 10 of them. If if they're from God, why wouldn't we just be like, okay, that's yeah, let's all memorize. He's it. a busy dude, Dave. Why don't you memorize it? What are you not busy? What I started your... trying to memorize it, but I could only get to six, and then I realized I forgot it, so I thought I'd jot it down on some stone tablets. How long did that take? Oh goddamn while! Get out of here! Really? Yeah, that's right. You're negative. Nobody likes your negativity. Such a hothead. Where's your burning bush? Oh, don't. <laughs> I'm telling you. What are you telling me? <laughs> that that bush was on fire because of the Lord. <laughs> Every time you say it, I can't, I can't like. Then I, get out of here, Dave. Get out of here. Makes me laugh. Get out of here. Go it's shout at job. someone else. My job. I just talked to God. My job. Yeah, I know. I know you did. Bullshit. Asshole. What? I'm That's sorry. Such a bullshit asshole is what you are. You're a bullshitting asshole. He had 10, though. He went straight. He, went he had 10. Full even number. He's like, oh, let's do 10. Let's not do 14. He did 10. It's catchy. It's cool. 10. Oh, is God catchy? He got, he, well, I would say that he's aware of what marketing is. Sure. Really? Yeah, I'm in a rush, okay? I, why? You just, it just took you nine. I've had a long day. I talked to God and I wrote on stone tablets. To, yeah, but that took like 19 days to chip away with that shit. I'm exhausted. Yeah? Yeah, later. 
<laughs> that's accurate, right? Yeah, I think that's exactly how it went. They didn't put that part in the Bible, but you can read between the lines. It was wordy. Also, maybe God started like 17 and Moses was like, my arm is just... Oh, my God. You know, I think 10 will be nice. Ten nice round good. number. From, there's a movie that does that, don't they? Where they? What movie is that? There's a movie called The Ten. Where it's they the, t- the History of the World. The History of the World. Oh, okay. Right. Um, so, uh, in 1850, Congress passed the Fugitive S- Slave Law. So that meant escaped slaves were required to be returned to their masters, even if they were in a free state. Uh, what? What? That's. Uh. Yeah. Whenever people are like, uh, "Yeah, no, the North just fought against the South," I'm like, "Well, there's some things they did. They were totally fucked up. Yeah. They didn't. Like, they're like, no, you can now go get slaves in New York or whatever. We don't care. It's cool." So um, I mean, we do just have a history of constantly making some progress, only to have it retracted because why? Because of c- commerce. Yeah. Uh, so it's not dangerous to just stay in a free state, uh, because bounty hunters and slave catchers would come north and snatch people. Harriet, quote, after that, I wouldn't trust Uncle Sam with my people any longer, but I brought them all clear off to Canada because Canada was still controlled by England and slavery was illegal and they would not send escapees back to the U.S. Mm. So she brought them there. So they're always ahead of us. Yeah. And she kept bringing slaves out. On her fourth trip, she let out 11, including a brother and his wife, and she was now, she's now bringing them all up to Canada. Okay. From 1851 to 1857, she lived in St. Catharines, Canada West, which is now Ontario. She takes slaves from Maryland into Philadelphia and then take them to New York and then upstate through like Troy, Albany, Syracuse, and then up to the border near, near Niagara, and she'd take a suspension bridge across. And, then... and this is still just all on foot. Yeah, all on foot. All on foot, all at night. Crazy. Uh, she'd work, earn money, and then head out to lead more people north. <laughs> In 1857, she rescued her parents. What took so goddamn long? What the fuck? I've saved 5,000 people. Mom, Dad, you're next. Hello. Uh, so the reason she waited with them is because they were so old that there was very little chance of them being sold down the river. So she was taking right. her brothers okay. and sisters so calculated and risk. nieces and nephews because right. they're, they're, they're much better chance right, that they right, get. Right. But no one's like, can you can you send like an 80-year-old man down? <laughs> can How can I? Do you have a really old one? Well, sir, the reason why we brought you here is we're looking for someone to tell us winding stories with no end. <laughs> you'll stay in the house and you'll just recount memories that may or may not have happened. Yeah, it'd be great. <laughs> Okay. Tell the one about that can of corn. Well, I found a can of corn one time, and I can tell this. Honey. I think it's my best friend. I can tell this, honey. I like corn. Another winner. Boy, I'm glad we got this guy here. Uh, so her, however, the reason she went and got her parents is her father was found hiding slaves that were escaping. So he's in trouble. So he's in trouble. Right. So she came and got him, but apparently, taking out old people was. Like a crazy feat. Like people are like, I can't believe you, I can't believe you took old people right from Maryland up to Canada. Right. Yeah. Quote: Harriet's abduction of her parents was an event in underground annuals. It was significant not only because rarely did aged folks take to the road, but because Harriet carried them off in a patched together wagon, in an audacious, and an aplomb, aplomb, aplomb. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh. That represented complete mastery of the railroad and perfect scorn for the white patrol. 
Her performance was that at once of an accomplished artist and the daring revolutionary. So everyone's like, holy fuck. You right. took out She's your like fucking, a superhero. You took out fucking old people. Right. Like, that's just crazy. Not all saw it that way. Pro-slavery Philadelphian John Bell Robinson said, quote, a diabolical act of wickedness and cruelty taking her parents away this, from this... ease and comfortable homes as cruel an act as ever was performed by a child God. towards her parents. God. How dare they were being owned very nicely in a house. What she did is awful. How could she take them to be free to do what they want in a different place? Oh, God. People are really horrible. Uh, people will make up. That, that's one of those people can yeah. talk anything well, away. Well, it really does. It reminds you of Today. talking points of politicians, yeah. which is that they'll be like, these people are getting, they, they are sick of paying for this health care. They're getting ruined totally. by the health care bill. Yeah. So the best thing to do is get no health care. Let's get rid of the health care. Come on. They're dying from the health care. That's exactly what this is. Yeah. So Harriet took her parents to Canada, but they were like, I don't, we, we don't like hockey. Well, it was too cold. They were like, I don't like this. <laughs> Maryland's wow. nice. I mean, I know, right? It's got to be a little but strange. That's so fucking old people. Yeah. It's so... First of all, old people get cold easier because sure. I think they, it's less fat or something in there. Like, they're... Well, that's why you get one. The, the goal of life is to get fat for the end. But that's why they all move to Florida and Arizona, because they get cold super easy. So you take people from Maryland up to Canada, and they're like, what? The, I don't, I'd rather be a slave. <laughs> that, that's I mean, not really what, what they said. So, the, so they were basically like, can we go back to somewhere else? So she took them to Albany, New York. So she's still like, yeah. Okay. But they're escaped slaves, so they're in Albany. So they can, oh, sorry, Auburn. So they can be snatched, but, right. uh, but no one really is really going to give a shit about right, that. But they all, care about her. Right, right. Um, so they lived there in Auburn. She made her final rescue trip to Maryland in 1860. It was somewhere around her 13th trip, they think. So by now she was becoming known in abolitionist circles and was making speeches. Altogether, she led around 80 slaves to freedom Jesus. and taught another 50 or so how to escape on their own. So she's like... She's a fucking serious she's troublemaker. She's revolutionary. Like, yeah, but they're also down there like this, this fucking right. bullshit. Right, right, right. They're not happy. Of course not. Um, contrary to what a lot of people believe, the Underground, underground Railroad was, was mostly made up, not made up of white people. Oh, that is so... I mean, not. I don't even think that I would have fully thought that I, that I, was I, the I case. never actually thought about it. I, but, whenever I think of Underground Railroad, I always think of Harriet Tubman. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think of anybody else involved in it, but... But researching you this, you find out that everyone thinks that it's like, oh, and then you went to another white Quaker's right. house, and of he course. put you in the basement for a couple of days, right. and then off you went to another white Quaker. God, thank God for the good whites. Oh, where would we be without all these great, great oh, white people? good Lord, thank God for the whites. Good work, Harriet, but I don't think you could do that without a bed, <laughs> which is what the whites provided. But that is true, and that is yeah. probably just such a classic way of us being able to deal with the awful racism of our yeah. past and find the silver lining in it. That at the end of the day, we it's helped. actually a false bill of sale. Oh, we helped. Uh, in actuality, it was uh, mostly escaped slaves or people who had gotten their freedom okay. who were like, I don't want other people to live through that. Right. And I'll do anything I can, even, even right. putting my own life you know, on the line. Those are the people who helped right. mostly. Um, 
they uh, they did not the Underground Railroad did not go into the Deep South mostly mostly just border states like Maryland and but they wouldn't go down to like Mississippi right smart. Um, it was a loosely connected group of people. They didn't have a formal organization or a leadership structure. Things were not set up ahead of time, so you could be at home and all of a sudden ten s- slaves who were escaping would show up and you would take them in and try to figure out right, what to do to, next. Right, right. So that could make life a little weird. Yep. These are my cousins. Hey. Um... Yeah, so anytime Harriet was in the U.S., she was putting herself in jeopardy. Uh, she was an escape slave and had a bounty on her head. Now, the bounty was somewhere between 1200 and 12000 Jesus. They don't know because people. some people think there's a zero on the end of the documents and other people don't. How is that not possible I, to I figure out? I don't know. There's not... There, she is one of the most embellished people in history. Because there's different reasons, and we'll, I'll get to one of them in a little bit. But, but uh, she, they didn't. She didn't. There was no writing shit down on the, on right. the underground railroad. You, right. that, it was secret. Right. So there's no there's no one writing a, a fucking novel about what. A, Dear Underground Railroad <laughs> Journal, <laughs> like no, it's what just, a day. <laughs> uh, so by the late. 1850s. It said 1950s. It threw me off. I thought we jumped ahead in time. She, she hung in there. Uh, by the late 1850s, she was a bit of a legend amongst the anti-slavery people. But as things heated up and slave states started to uh, leave the Union, mm-hmm. uh, Harriet's friends became concerned that she would be arrested and sent south as part of a goodwill gesture from the North. Yeah, good. Way to so, go. So, again, this is another thing that like, yeah. people, people are always like, oh, the North was so fucking awesome. But if that's a fear that they had, that yeah. means that that's reasonable. Like, everyone's like, oh, God, they're going to Well, yeah, it's just that the bar is set so low. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like literally... I mean, how do you... How do you like, you can't lift up the barrel and scrape lower. No, you can't. Uh, her friends wanted her to go back to Canada, but she did not, and she was never arrested. When the Civil War started, Harriet was living in Auburn in November 1862. Colonel Thomas Wentworth Higginson. A definite white. (laughs) A guaranteed white. I thought of going with whitest name ever, but I went with Thomas Wentworth Higginson. And King Whitey White McWhiten. And Colonel James Montgomery were in South Carolina. Oh, these two. Good Lord. It'd be a great white guy sitcom. Uh. Uh, so escape. I'm very particular and spoiled, but I'm particular and spoiled too. <laughs> escape slaves filled uh, both of their regiments. So they both have tons of escape slaves in the regiment. And Hagenson and Montgomery both knew Tubman from before the war. They were both abolitionists, and they wanted to form a spy network in the region. Okay. Now, around this time, Harriet met with the governor of Boston to discuss how else she could help the war effort. It's going to be a nerve-wracking meeting. Yeah. Hi. You promise that you're good? Uh, Do you swear you won't be the worst? Uh, anyway, what? Huh? Hmm? What? I don't know. What? I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, because of her background and connections... The governor thought she would make a good spy. Okay. So Harriet was given the authority to 
get a roster of scouts together okay. to infiltrate and map out the South. That's pretty great. Tubman's spy operation was under the direction of Secretary of War Edwin Stanton, who considered her to be the commander of her men. Wow. That's crazy. She was given $100 to start up the spy network, and she used ex-slaves who had connections also in the South. Okay. After the Union captured the Sea Islands off the coast of South Carolina and Georgia, Harriet and her spies were sent there, acting as a humanitarian group sent to Port Royal Island to help the population of freed slaves there. Okay. Among other things, Harriet worked as a nurse. People were dying due to disease and extreme heat. Quote, I'd go to the hospital every uh, early every morning. I'd get a big chunk of ice and put it in a basin and fill it with water. Then I'd take a sponge and begin. First man I'd come to, I'd thrash away the flies, and they'd rise like bees around a hive. Then I'd begin to bathe their wounds, and by the time I bathed off three or four, the fire and heat would have melted the ice and made the water warm, and it would be as red as blood. Then I'd go and get more ice, and by the time we got to the next ones, the flies would be around the first ones, black and thick as ever. Oh, God. Ugh, well, that's an overwhelming task. <laughs> that's, I mean, I mean let's you... just agree hospitals were not great. Yeah, flies. It's just thick of covered in flies. Oh, my God. Just I mean... so awesome. It really, it really does. You know, we complain so goddamn much. <laughs> Let's just flies. all be thankful that there are not flies in our flies. hospitals. Flies? <laughs> you're going to visit a relative in the hospital? Oh God, she's covered in flies. I mean, she is just—is she under there? Or is that a hive? Oh no, she's a hive. Oh good. Okay, great. She turned into a hive last night. <laughs> oh no, she's under there. <laughs> just. She treated soldiers for dysentery, smallpox, uh, malignant fevers, making her own medicine from roots. She took the money she was making and invested it into things like wash houses that would teach ex-slave women skills so they could then get jobs. Okay. And she gave up her military salary because she thought it was causing jealousy among the people she was working with. Good Lord. Instead, to make money, she started selling homemade root beer, pie, and gingerbread. Okay. So it's a side business. Sure. Root well, beer. why not? I mean, she's done a lot already. Why not become Little Debbie? And that's why I want to talk to you about starting a company I'm called not into Harriet it. Tubman's Root Beer. Oh, my God. And pies. Harriet Tubman pies. <laughs> Tubman's pies. As a spy, Harriet was very successful. She sent out her agents into the South to gather information. Based on that information, Montgomery successfully captured Jacksonville, Florida. How did I not know that she was the John Connor? I did not. I mean, Apparently, they did. They did a little bit of it on Junk History, but I had no fucking idea that she was a crazy. Yeah, I thought she just did the underground railroad yeah. shit, which is which would great be plenty. Enough. Which That's would enough. be plenty. Uh, <laughs> but now she's in charge of a spy network. Yeah, the raid convinced commanders uh, that extensive guerrilla operations were doable in the South. Okay, which led to the Combahee. I think that's how you say it. Combahee River Raid in June 1863. Up until then, all of Tubman's attacks on the Confederacy had been purposefully clandestine. Okay. But she did not remain anonymous as she had a prominent role in the military operation at Combahee. South Carolina's, uh, it had rice plantations alongside tidal rivers 
that fanned inland from the Atlantic. And this was some of the South most rich property and had huge slave population. So it's these big plantations where they, they grow rice and right. it's just full of slaves. Okay. So it's a big deal. The raid up the river was about 10 miles north from where Tubman and her group were stationed. And she said she would not participate unless Montgomery was in charge because he led the black troops and the army agreed. So on June 2nd, 1863, gunboats steamed into the river just before midnight and Tubman was with 300 black troops from the 2nd South Carolina Infantry. It's crazy. Aboard the John Adams. The black soldiers were, were relieved that their lives were being entrusted to the famous Moses. <laughs> Through her spy ring, Tubman had learned the location of rebel floating mines that were planted below the surface of the water. Mines? Mines. Water mines. Good Lord, I didn't realize we were that advanced back then. I didn't either. Mines? Yeah. Water mines? They had, well, they had mines for boats back then, okay. yeah. Okay. She served as a lookout for the Union ships, allowing them to guide their boats around the mines. And by 3 a.m., they reached Fields Point. Montgomery sent a squad ashore to drive off Confederates who ran for it. Uh, and Tubman sent word ahead of time to the slaves who were on the plantations that this was going to happen. So when the ships came, hundreds of slaves were waiting. Ugh. She guided the boats to designated shoreline spots where tons of slaves were hiding and they scrambled onto the vessels. Tubman, quote, I never saw such a sight. Sometimes the women would come with twins hanging around their necks. It appears I never saw so many twins in my life. Bags on their shoulders, baskets on their heads, and young ones tagging along behind, all loaded, pig squealing, chicken screaming, young ones squealing. So it sounds great. <laughs> yeah, it sounds good. It sounds It sounds like, like if you're if you're an owner, you might know something's up. <laughs> Human and pig squeals, let's move! <laughs> At first, whites who saw the force of black troops raiding completely lost their shit. Of course. And ran, because a bunch of black guys are coming with guns. I mean... You oh my God, it's uh, our worst uh, nightmare! Totally. Yeah. Oh, well, they're pissed. <laughs> and uh, the raiders went to town, according to one Confederate onlooker. In a few minutes, his buildings were up in flames. Wow. When the plantation owners upriver heard about the coming force, they also ran. So all the fucking white right. people are just like, get out of here, black people have guns now. <laughs> Unfair. Oh, this isn't how we wrote it. The troops robbed warehouses and torched plantation homes, burning and must looting. Must have been oh, very fun. The fucking best, right? Just must have been very gratifying. Burning and looting white-owned plantations was a nice bonus for the black troops. Yeah. Considering the wealth of the area, this was a huge blow to the master class of the South. The horror of the attack on the prestigious Middleton estate drove the point home. Dixie could fall at the hands of former slaves. It was reported Confederates only stopped one slave from escaping by shooting her as she ran. More than 750 slaves were freed in the overnight operation. Wow. And about $15,000 worth of property was taken. Good Lord. Yeah. That's great. The Union invaders had ruined the estates of the Haywards, the Middletons, the Lodens, and other South Carolina dynasties. Harriet Tubman's plan was successful. The official Confederate report included, quote, the enemy seems to have been well posted as to the character and capacity of our troops and their small chance of encountering opposition and to have been well guided by persons thoroughly acquainted with the river and country. 
The success of the River Raid also proved that blacks could be effective soldiers. Not one Union soldier was injured. Harriet was then given the nickname General, and newspapers started calling her the Union's first woman general. She is the only woman known to uh, lead a military operation during the Civil War. After the operation, she wrote her superiors and asked if she could have a bloomer dress to wear on future raids. That is just... A bloomer dress, as we discussed in our Lady Pants episode, was like billowy pants with a short skirt. Right. So basically she's like, hey, listen, uh, you know how I went on this raid and we were freeing slaves and stuff. Can I wear pants? Absolutely not, unladylike. (laughs) Next! You wear a dress, you're a girl. Because she had torn up her dress. Well, it doesn't matter what she's done. Trying to free the slaves. Well, I'm sorry. I didn't write the fashion laws, lady. But then I'm walking around with no anything on because the dress is all torn up. Well, you'll look foolish in pants. You'll look crazy in pants. I don't... You'll look crazy. I don't know what you want me to say to you. Wear a dress. But... You're a lady. Okay. You're a lady. Okay. Put on the dress, Moses. Okay. General Moses wears dresses. I'm going to start a new war after this one. All right. So uh, so it, it's believed that she led other raids after this one, but no one really knows. Because <clears throat> she was wearing pants. Right. After she freed people, she would uh, help the freed slaves and the others who were ill. In 1865, Harriet took leave and went to Auburn to visit her parents. She was in the it's north. It's still too cold. I don't like it. Where's the thermostat? What about Florida? That's a nice area. She was in the north when Lincoln was reelected. Uh, and the 13th Amendment was passed abolishing slavery. When she did go south again, she went to Virginia and worked as a nurse. And then when the war ended, she went north again. As she was heading north on a train, a train conductor tried to remove her from the train car she was on. She was traveling on a government pass instead of a full ticket price. And he apparently didn't like that idea. Wow. So he called her, uh, you know what? Uh, a delightful human. And tried to forcibly remove her. But Harriet was a very strong woman and she held him off, which is fucking awesome. Yeah. So the conductor called for help from other guys on the train. Of course. Help me, there's a black lady here. Ow. Uh, they picked her up and threw her into the baggage car. Oh her arm God. was uh, severely injured and she ended up wearing a sling for a very long time af- uh, after this. Abolitionists and civil rights workers used it to show how the railroad was discriminatory. Wow. After the war ended, she spent years trying to get back pay from the Army. Not only was she not paid by the military, she would also not get a pension for her service. Since women couldn't enlist officially, she hadn't enlisted, which meant she was not viewed as a veteran, even though newspapers called her the general. Yeah, cool. (laughs) Cool. It's always cool. It seems cool, right? We've always been cool. It seems like a. It seems it's cool. cool. It's, it's cool. cool. Yeah. No, because once people have you know given the service, you don't need to do things anymore. Mm-hmm. That's the idea. They did the thing. Yeah, they did the thing. I don't, what we don't, used to they do you now. That uh, we. I mean, the thing is, at least now we treat our veterans great. No, the good news is no. We we invite them to games, and everyone stands up and claps, and then they and then they go back, and they can't get uh, health care. Well, I, I Dave, that, I will huh? say I, I don't want to devil's advocate them mm-hmm. too hard, but uh-huh. uh, you know they they do take care of them. Uh, they load them up full of drugs mm. so that they're unable to uh, process the atrocities, uh, which then. Um, I think maybe you have a point. Actually, I'm thinking about it. <laughs> I'm thinking about there's actually a point you have. There. They let them. They let them go to games. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so this is what abolitionists 
Sarah Bradford wrote Harriet's authorized biography, hoping to raise money to pay off her house. This is also why many of the facts about Tubman may have been exaggerated and why there is so much disagreement about her actions, because in the end, it was a bo- book written to sell. So there might have been a little. Right. Yeah. Right. Tubman was also illiterate, so she could not write a book herself. So she told her story to Bradford and then wrote it down and could have been you know, tweaked. Yeah. yeah. Boy, there's no. While in Auburn, Harriet still took in people who needed help, like elderly people and orphans. She also collected clothes and helped establish schools for former slaves. Jesus. Many of now who are coming back from Canada and heading home so she could do what she could to help them. Right. She developed a reputation for uh, helping anyone who asked and almost never asked for money for herself. Her dream was to open a home for the poor and sick. From 1860 to the 1890s, people tried to get Congress to recognize her service and pay her a pension. From an article in the Chautauqua, whatever. Chautauqua, whatever. Quote, it seems strange that one who has done so much for her country and been in the thick of battles with shots falling all about her should never have had recognition from the government in a substantial way. Tubman on not getting paid or getting a pension. Quote, you wouldn't think that after I served the flag so faithfully, I should come to want under its folds. <laughs> that's that's exactly what. Uh, Post-Civil War, saw, uh, U.S. saw a lot of violence towards blacks, which has stopped, thankfully. And in 1867, her ex-husband was shot and killed by a white man who was then acquitted by an all-white jury. Wow. Justice. Well, that, thank God we're past that time. Yep. In 1869, Tubman married a man named Niles Davis. He had freed himself from slavery and had been boarding in her house for about three years. Okay. So that shit was going on for a while. All right. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, a little home romance. Yeah. Yeah. Her generosity and constant desire to help others also made her vulnerable to con men. In 1873, two men told her and her brother that they had gold that had been buried by Southern rich people at the beginning of the war, and a slave had brought it back uh, north, and they wanted to sell it for less than it was worth. So this is when you get the email from the prince. This is a Nigerian email. Right. They would All sell I need it. is $200,000 for $50 million. And That's exactly what. Okay. So they said they'd sell it to Harriet and her brother for 2000 even though it was worth 5000 well, I mean, you'd be foolish to pass up that deal. <laughs> I know a deal when I can see one. They said they only wanted to sell it to Harriet because they didn't trust white people. <laughs> okay. Well, that's fair. I mean, I get it, but it's bullshit. So then it's... <laughs> Neither Harriet nor her brother had that kind of cash. So they started asking their wealthy abolitionist friends in Auburn. Okay. Most of whom were like, okay, that's, that's fucking I got nuts. that email, too. I got don't that reply email. to that don't, email. Don't, don't Do reply not reply to, to that email. It's from Nigeria. Yeah, it's not good. But one guy finally gave them $2,000. Okay. The guys uh, said only Harriet could make the exchange. Okay. Good sign. All These are all good signs. No, for sure. They set a meeting in the woods, okay. also a good sign. Yep. Uh, and when she arrived, one of the guys was there, and then he told her he had forgotten the tree. Ah, uh, you know, it's the, the damnedest thing. He forgot the key to the trunk that the gold was in. Yeah. So he had to go get it. I'm more mad at me. The one thing. Mr. Forgetful. The one thing. <laughs> Good Lord. I only have one key. I, the I'll one be thing. back. So he leaves, and she waits. And then she was knocked unconscious, probably with chloroform. Wow. Yeah. That was back? Water mines at chloroform? Uh-huh. Okay. It's a good time. Uh, he, She was tied up, gagged, 
and uh, and then she and then they took the money, obviously, and then she somehow managed to get home while still bound and gagged. Oh my god! Which what, I think what? is the greatest accomplishment. Uh, there's many, but <laughs> a, a trot home bound and gagged is not easy. I mean, honestly, like it, I, if I was in that situation, oh, I just you, lay the there. Quit, the quit yeah. that oh, would the come raccoons over my are face. gonna kill me. Yeah, yeah, it's over. I, it, literally, they'd be like, "Sit upright." I'd be like, "No, I'm no. trying to drown myself in leaves." Naturally, authorities first thought Harriet and her brother were in on the scam with the Obviously. Con They're like, well, you took $2,000 from that other guy. Yeah. Then the guy who loaned them the money said Harriet had put up her house as collateral. Oh, boy. Because he's super cool. But in the end, tons of local important people came forward to speak on Harriet's behalf and said she would never do such a thing. And so they were like, all right. Okay. All right. In 1888, her new husband died of tuberculosis. He had served in the military, so she now got an $8 a month pe- pension as a widow of, as a Civil War vet. So that's how she's actually making money off of the war is via her husband's pension when she was the one who carried out spy missions. Yeah. And as a leader in a dress. May I say something? wanted pants. May I say something? You may. America. Yep. She was now hoping- When I was uh, coming back from Big Bear today- uh, there was a boat at a gas station that said "America, fuck yeah" on the back, and I was like, "How did this actually fully happen?" Like, I can see suggesting it. I mean, but I can't see having it in your yard and being like, "Let's go public, show America. it off." It's America. So she was now hoping she wanted to open this uh, home for poor old uh, people. She wanted to do this because retirement homes at the time did not allow black people. Cool. That's a cool <laughs> thought, right? Well, you know, Just, the first thing that I think is that the reason why is because in their heads, it's like, well, you're never retired. You're black. <laughs> no, 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 you don't. No, you don't get the break time oh, that the whites you get. You don't need to get no. old and sit around. No, no, no. No, no, that's for white. That's for us. We get tired. Well, we're tired from all the commanding of you. <laughs> I have a Coke. Dave's just having an insure. Uh, so uh, she opened a pig farm and a brickyard on her property to increase income. Okay. And in 1896, uh, she won an auction to buy 25 acres next to her house. However, she did not have a down payment. So she won, <laughs> won an auction but didn't have any money. Okay. So she reached out to her network and church and got the money. Then she went on a tour and put out uh, a new edition of her biography, but it didn't go so great, and she had to remortgage her home. Okay. In 1897, Congress petitioned to grant Tubman a military pension of $25 per month that surviving soldiers got. Some argued she should get less because she was only a nurse. Oh, Mike. <laughs> Whatever. I'm done. <laughs> I can't anymore. Well, we can't give her the same amount of money. She's a woman who was helping people. She also, she was more than a nurse. Uh, yes, but she was nurse, very nursey first. I get the whole thing about blah blah blah. She went on a boat, yakety yak. She spent a lot of time cleaning flies off she of people. She should be paid as a nurse. She should be called a fly waver. And and then we should give her fifty cents a month. So think of how little that money is. I mean, I know, I know. it's more then, but it's like if oh, you it's have all this money, it's fucking nothing. How do you not just go? Yeah, yeah. Um, committee member Jasper Talbert blocked Tubman's pension. 
But in 1899, Does a 20- Jasper ever contributed no, anything good? they're horrible okay. people. I didn't think They've so. never been anything but murderers and racists. Okay, well, let's not. But in 1899, a $20 pension finally passed Congress and was signed into law by President William McKinley. It only took 30 years. Oh, good. In 1903, she didn't have the funds to maintain the 25 acres she bought, so she donated it to the AME Zion Church, who took over the debt, raised money, and built the old age home she always wanted to build. Okay. In 1908, the Harriet Tubman Home for Aged and Indigent... Uh, indigent. This, does, this is all spelled wrong. What's the word I'm looking for? Indigent. Indigent. Indigent, yeah. all right. Yeah, this is, it shouldn't say Indian. I, I mean, you never know. <laughs> I don't know if she's going to discriminate. The Tubman Home for Aged and Indigent Negroes opened. She wanted... Uh, the, oh, this is all screwed up. Um, oh, she wanted, she wanted, like, the need to be the only reason people were admitted. Like, they, they had the no choice. The quality of they had no necessity. Choice. Yeah, they right. had no choice, but right. they, they were poor and they needed to live somewhere. Right. But instead, the church imposed a $100 fee for residents. Hey! Turns out a lot of her white abolitionist friends thought they knew what was right for her. Right. So it's weird. Even her abolitionist friends were like, oh, but you're black, so I'll tell you what. No, trust me. Turns out, yeah. So, you know. Uh, cool stuff. Good. Uh, on March 10th, 1913, Harriet Tubman died of pneumonia at the Harriet Tubman Home for Aged and Indigent Negroes, where she lived the last two years of her life. In 1978, the U.S. Postal Service issued a Harriet Tubman commemorative stamp. And in 2015, a grassroots campaign, uh, mostly with female organizers, launched a uh, W-20 Women on the 20s to urge the government to put a woman on the $20 bill. 600,000 people voted online. Harriet Tubman won. She will replace Andrew Jackson the former president, slaveholder, murderer of Native Americans, owner of Giant Cheese Wheel, on the front. He will be not gone. He'll be put on the back. It's going to be a weird dollar. Well, you've got a hero on the front and Andrew a, Jackson on the back. Andrew Jackson on the back. <laughs> <laughs> president Trump called it, uh, quote, pure political correctness and suggested moving Tubman to a lower denomination like the $2 bill. Uh, of co- I mean, could, could I, when you were saying that, I knew right away he'd say the two. The two, I mean, what a placating bill. Yeah. Here, get it. No, the two. The one that when you get it, you're like, they still make these? <laughs> Quote, Andrew Jackson had a great history. I think it's very rough when you take somebody off the bill. Oh, this, this is the quote since he was president. Jackson's forced removal of the of American Indians to the west of the Mississippi is known as the Trail of Tears, during which over 4,000 died of exposure, disease, and starvation. Which is kind of the opposite of what Harriet Tubman did, if you think but, about it. But Trump also, at the, it wasn't he also, when he was talking about Andrew Jackson, I mean, he was making the connection of like how Andrew Jackson stopped the Civil War when Andrew Jackson's life ended like, yeah, what, that, 30 years prior or I mean, something? There's, some pro- there's some problems with the math. Good Lord. But he's making a solid point. I mean, point. you really, like, you're the, like, I understand. I mean, well, no, we've come on this, po- I've come on this podcast and said stupid shit before, but <laughs> that I thought, you know, that I thought I knew the answer to. But you don't, if you're the president... And you're going to talk about Andrew Jackson. Yeah. You can't vamp his history. No. You know, he's great. And, uh, 
You just can't. All he ever did that was great was have cheese in the White House and have a big party. Yeah. Other than that, he was a monster. Well, and he also had that big party because he just wanted the people to eat him, eat the cheese out of the house. That's true. You know, there's still, like, it is so crazy, but then when you think about the stuff that still goes on now, like with Syrian refugees and stuff, there are so many that are unable... You know, like in France, like there is almost an underground railroad in France where there's some guy whose name I forget, but he is, you know, he is basically setting up homes and areas of, oh, really? yeah, yeah. of places where Syrian refugees can live. And, he, you know, he, he's been arrested and all this shit, but he, he will go, you know, because, again, there are just times where certain people are just so pissed off with the lack of humanity that we have that yeah. they have to take shit in their own hands and the government's cracking down on this guy and they're like you shouldn't be are. allowed to do this and that shit but yeah and even then this dude had shoes had shoes had shoes to do it like a fucking pussy did it in the daylight too weak well that is really crazy i thought you that didn't know. i knew uh, about Harriet I don't think Tubman, a lot of people know but i had no idea that we are talking about william wallace <laughs> So, and it turns out we are. Yeah, she's a, cra- a crazy badass. Yeah. Um, uh, we uh, we sign cars. And uh, $2 bills. $2. The tubbies. The tubs. As we call them. The tubs. When does the 20 come out? Uh, I think 2018. Oh, it's a little okay. ways off. All right. Yeah. Hey there, people listening to The Dollop. Uh, this is Gareth. Yes, the same guy. I Listen, I have a new podcast called We're Here to Help that I'm doing with my friend Jake Johnson. It's basically a call and advice show where we don't say that we're professionals because we aren't, but we try to help people with problems that are important to them. You can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts, and it is out right now. So go listen to We're Here to Help with Jake and Gareth. We're here to help with Gareth and Jake. I don't remember how we did it, but either way, fun. Half Hour comes out Tuesday, August 22nd, and the episodes will be out every Tuesday and Friday. We're here to help. Oh, hey there, everybody. It's Gareth, you know, from this uh, this podcast. Uh, listen, I've got some stand-up shows. I'm inviting the Garmy, the Gareth Army, to join me for. I will be in Fort Collins, Colorado, August 18th and August 19th. I will be in Minneapolis, Minnesota, August 24th through August 26th at Acme. I will be going to the UK in September. Please join me. I will be in Glasgow, September 13th, London, September 15th, Dublin, September 17th, and September 19th, Manchester, Birmingham, September 20th, Bristol, September 22nd, and Cardiff, September 24th. And then in November, I'll be in Australia. November 10th, almost sold out, I think. I'll be in Melbourne, Australia. Then I will be in Northbridge, Australia on November 15th. Adelaide, November 16th. Canberra, November 17th. Brisbane, November 18th. And then I will be in uh, Sydney on November 24th. Go to GarethReynolds.com for tickets. Garmy, let's get at it after it. Let's see you there. <laughs> 